0: amen his love for you and i i want to read proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 to you as you bow your head with me here this morning what a great god we serve amen what a great god we serve the bible says above all else guard your heart for everything you do flows from it above all else he said guard your heart for everything you do flows from it heavenly father Once again, God, we count an honor and a privilege to be in your house today, Lord, to honor you and to glorify you and to thank you and to praise you, God, for all that you do for us. Truly, the evidence of your presence is all over our lives, all over our lives. In fact, God, it's more than just all over our lives. It's all in our lives and all through our lives. It's because of you, God, that we live and breathe and exist, and accomplish all the things that we accomplish in this life. Lord, it's not within our power, but truly in yours. So we thank you for that today. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, for these who are here today to honor you and to praise you. We thank you, Lord, for all that are here, Lord, and their willingness to learn more of you, to draw closer to you, Lord. For Father, truly, that's all it's all about in this life, is to draw closer to you now that we could stay with you forever throughout all of eternity. So God, I pray that you'd help us all to draw closer to you, to just pull right up to your table and to dine with you today. So Father, we ask God that you would just bless us and grace us to continue to with your presence. And Lord, we'll always thank you and praise you for you truly are such a blessing to us. You truly are, as this song says, so good. So, so good, God. So we love you. And I ask once again, God, that you be pleased with everything that's done here today. And Father, we just again are just blown away by you. All God's children today said, Amen. Amen. If you would, grab your seat there. Turn, look at your neighbor. Say, it's good to see you today. Amen. It's good to have you in the house of the Lord today. I have to hold this mic. I forgot to put this other one on, so y'all bear with me here. I like to use my hands, so it might get a little like this every now and then, but it'll be all right. All right, folks on Facebook will be said I can't hear him. If you have your Bible, to turn to Judges chapter 16. Judges chapter 16 with me today. We're going to be at verse 15 through verse 20 here. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. This is a familiar story, a familiar passage that most of us know in the Bible. I think you've probably heard this preached many times. You've probably heard it taught in Sunday school classroom from a little person all the way up to a big person. Uh, it's been uh, talked about, looked at. Many, many times, so we're going to look at it one more time here today. And the importance of guarding your heart. The Bible speaks of here <clears throat> in chapter 16 and verse 15 of a man named Samson. He was the last judge, the last judge, one of the last judges that God had uh, in the Old Testament. And Samson, most of us know him for his strength, right? We know him for his, his um, dedication to the Lord. But we also understand that he failed here in life as well. But again, we see where he makes that right in the end. But I want to focus on the middle part of his life here, not necessarily on his failure so much as the point of guarding your heart. You'll see here as we pick this story up where he fell in love with this this particular lady in the Bible, and he fell so much in love with her that she began to question him where his strength came from. She questioned him because she was a Philistine, uh, she, was of, she was of descent from uh, the enemy here of the Lord. And so they impressed upon her to ask, the Philistines did, Samson where his great strength came from because Samson caused them much difficulty, right? Samson was hard to deal with uh, because God's presence was with him and he protected the children of Israel through Samson. So they figured if they could defeat Samson, that they could defeat God. That was foolishness in itself, right? But that was her thought process. So she began to entice Samson and ask him where his strength came from. She asked him three different times where his strength was, and each time he would tell her one thing, when all along it was not the thing that it was, and it just infuriated her, broke her heart, if you will. And so we're going to pick this story up here in verse 15. The Bible says, And she said unto him, How canst thou say, I love thee? How can you say that I love you? Right? She said, when thine heart is not with me. How can you say you love me when your heart is not with me? Samson, I have been trying to get you to tell me the truth about your great strength, and you refuse to tell me. Right? So she flaps semi eyelashes at him and says those words. How can you say? Can you see her saying that? How can you say you love me? (laughs) And you're keeping the truth from me. Right? So she begins to impress upon him that and toil with his heart just a little bit. Thou hast mocked me these three times and has not told me wherein thy great strength lieth. I've asked you to tell me. I mean, I'm giving you my love, Samson, and the least you could do was tell me the truth. It came to pass in verse 16 when she pressed him daily with her words and urged him so that his soul was vexed unto death. He grieved. It says in verse 17 that he told her all of his heart and said unto her, There hath not come a razor upon mine head, for I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. If I be shaven, then my strength will go from me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. And Delilah was happy, amen, because she knew that he spoke from his heart. You know when somebody's telling you from their heart, is that right? You ever been around somebody, gals, this is for you more than it is for the guys. But you know how that is. Some guys will tell you whatever you want to hear, right, just to get you to go out with them. But it ain't always from their heart. It ain't always from, and it's not always the truth, right? So you guys know what I'm talking about here. Delilah knew when the truth came. She could tell it was from his heart. So we see here. In verse 18, when Delilah saw that he had told her all of his heart, as I said to you, she sent sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up this once, for he has showed me all his heart, the truth, from the bottom of his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and brought money in their hand. And she made him sleep upon her knees, and she called for a man. And she caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head, and she began to afflict him. And his strength went from him. And she said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times before and shake myself. And he wist not that the Lord had departed from him. Amen. So this message today is simply just entitled, Guard Your Heart. It's important for us to understand this story, right? Because again, it was all about the heart. The thing that I want you to see most of all in this, and we've got three points, Pastor Keith, that we're going to look at here today at least. There may be more than that. But the heart of an individual is what you and I control. This is why the scripture says to guard your heart. See, the soul of an individual does not belong to you and I. Amen. Did you know that? We don't own the soul, so we can't give away that which we don't own. Right? You can't sell that which is not yours. Thank God the soul belongs to God. Amen? That's our hope. I want you to get that today if you get nothing else. No matter what you do with your heart, thank God He's in control of your soul. And that's the most important thing is your soul. But we do control the heart. Me and you get to control our heart, who we are, our deepest emotion of of the person that we are in this life. We control the body. We control the heart. That's what God allows you and I to have. And He knows that it's important for us to guard our heart because we're so easily led astray by certain things, right, that might intrigue us. You know, we're very, uh, we're very quick to sell which, which, that which is important or that which is valuable when it is in our favor, right? I tell people all the time, I said, look, what you have, who you are as a person, your heart is the most valuable thing that you possess, and we tend to take care of it less than anything else. In our life. And I'm not talking on the physical sense. Yes, I eat chicken. I'm probably going to drop dead of a heart attack. Physically, I don't take care of my heart. But spiritually, we take care of it least than anything else we do. We spend more time on our hair. We spend more time on our faces. We spend more time on our weight. We spend more time on our finances. We spend more time on having a good time in this life. We spend less time on the one thing that's the most important, and that's your heart. Amen? We spend less time on that. So you see here with Samson, it was the same way. Samson was buff, amen? I see Samson not like Barney Fife. I mean, he might have been, but I doubt it. Kobe, I don't think so. I envision Samson looking somewhat like Kobe. Has that long hair, that them locks of hair, right? And, and, and Samson was just a big, strong guy, right? And he walked about in the power and the strength of God. Right, every single day, because God had called him to do that. See, Samson was a Nazarite. And if you know anything about biblical history, tradition, this is why Jesus had long hair, not because he was a hippie or he was just cool. He had long hair because he was a Nazarite, which meant that you were set aside by God. In the Jewish in Jewish law, those that had long hair, those were Nazarenes, they were set aside for the work of the Lord. And so Samson was that way. From his birth, his mother was was required that he not drink any strong drink, that he not touch any dead thing, right? That he not cut his hair. There were several things that he could not do as a Nazarite. And Jesus fit into the same mold. So his hair was long, but it just represented that he was, right, a servant, a leader of God, set aside for his work. Because he was set aside by God to do his work, it wasn't about his hair necessarily, as it was about his God. His strength was in his God, not necessarily his hair. Well, pastor, why when he lost his hair did he lose his strength? Because he gave his heart away. Amen? It wasn't about his hair as much as it was his heart. But we spend less time. See, he was he was very, if you go back and read the story here with Samson, he was very um, foolish uh, with his strength that God had given him. Very foolish with his life because God was there, right? He took care of him. He was still blessed. Even when he would do things wrong, if you go back and read it, God still blessed him. But that's because of the promises that God had made to him, right? But in time, if we and you keep just giving our hard way and keep just taking God for granted, eventually God's strength will leave us, right? God's presence will walk away from us because we choose to give our heart to somebody else, right? We're not paying attention. We're not, we're not doing the things we need to do to guard our heart and to make sure that we stay close to God. Samson was no different. He just kind of lived haphazardly and just assumed that God would always be there, okay? So he just lived. He let his heart run wild. Did you ever anybody say that? Just let your heart run wild. I used to hear old people say it this way. Just go sow your wild oats. you everybody say that? Right? Go sow your wild oats and then come back and then... You know, you'll be in a good position here. Now you'll, you'll be mature and we can do something with you if you live. They don't tell you that. When somebody says, go sow your wild oats, get it out of your system, that don't always mean you're going to make it back because when you sow your wild oats, you're going to, you know, you get to put yourself in some positions that you might not survive. Well, this is what Samson was doing. He just sowing his oats, right? He was letting his heart run wild. Whatever his heart desired, he went after it, Right? And we all make that statement too. And I know what we mean by that. We'll say, well, just do what your heart desires. Is that right? Parents, listen to me. If you never heard this old fat preacher say anything else before, don't ever tell your children, I want you to have whatever your heart desires. Be careful, right? We should rather say, I want you to have whatever God intends for you to have, right? That's what we should say, that your heart is guarded by God and that you achieve all that God has for you in this life. Because when we tell them, just let your heart run wild, or I want you to have your heart's desire, that's dangerous because the physical person always wants the things that pleases the flesh, not necessarily what God wants, right? I know what we mean by that. We want our children to have the best things, and we want them to have God, but we don't say that, right? We just say, oh, whatever your heart desires. we got to be careful and guard our heart, right? Because, again, when we give our heart, here's what I've learned. Whoever owns your heart, right, can control the outcome of your life very easily, right? You see it right here with Delilah. She had his heart, so she just manipulated this man to give away the most important thing in his life, which was his God. Amen? You with me? You got to be real careful. Three things I want you to see today in this message, and I think they're very powerful. The first thing is what I said to you. Whomever whomever owns the heart owns the person. Matthew chapter 6 verse 21 says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Whoever owns the heart owns the person. Wherever your heart is, that's what's driving you. Wherever your heart is, that's who owns you. If your heart is in alcohol, guess what? Jim Beam owns your heart. Is that right? Jack Daniels owns your heart. The beer joint down the street owns your heart. Wherever your heart is, right there's where your treasure's gonna be. That's, that's where your desire is. If you really wanna know a person well, watch their life. Whatever they're indulging themselves into, that's, that's what owns their heart, right? If, if, if they're fishing on the lake six days a week, guess where their heart's at? Right? If, if, if they're shopping all the time and they're, they're, they're not doing anything with their families is not in church, that's where their heart is. Right? Sometimes you'll see people where their family is their heart, and that's good, but be careful that we don't elevate it beyond God. Right? Anything that we put above God becomes our God. Now, there's a fine line on family sometimes, there's a fine line on a lot of things, but you got to make sure that the one that holds your heart, right? Make sure he's the whatever's holding your heart has you in its best interest. The things of this world don't have you and I in its best interest. Delilah did not have Samson in her best interest. She had money at her best interest. Amen? See, you could tell where Delilah's heart was because as soon as those folks offered her money and go back and read it, we're not talking about just $5. They all gave her a large sum of money. Delilah was a very wealthy lady once she shaved had his hair shaved. Very wealthy. So it wasn't always about Samson, it was always about the money. My dad said, my dad said, if you want to know where problems are, follow the money. It's always behind the money. Right? People, are, people are indulge in money sometimes, right? And it makes them do crazy things. So her heart was in money. Samson's was in her. Neither one of them was on God. Right? He who controls the heart. Owns the person. It'll drive you, right? Uh, people that are, that are addicted to drugs, right? There's a reason. Their heart is toward those things. People who work all the time and their families, you know, you hear people say, I'm just trying to provide for my family, and that's good, but when we neglect our families, sometimes what our families need is us to love them and be there for them, not always to provide a dollar, right? So in our pursuit of, uh, of careers and in our pursuit of trying to take care of our families, Let's make sure we don't forget about our families, right? Because some people are just driven to work because that's where their heart's at. That's hard for me to believe because I don't like to work. (laughs) But some people do, right? I just do it because I got to pay the bills. But some people really enjoy working. That's where their heart's at, right? So you can learn a lot about a person by following their heart. This is why God said to guard your heart. Because he knows that whoever owns that heart, whoever controls that heart, owns the person. Right? They own the person. It can manipulate. You can see how easily Delilah manipulated Samson because she had his heart. Right? She was massaging that heart. Right? Every single time she'd ask him, show me your strength. And she began to just twist it and move it. Right? Until he finally gave her what she wanted. She could see that his heart was with her. Satan desires your heart. Do you know that? He does. Now he can't take your heart. He cannot do that. God gave me and you sole possession of our heart. And nobody else can touch it except we give it to him. Did you know that? That's why another reason I tell people how precious your heart is. Because God entrusted us with it. Nothing can get it unless we give it to it. And this is why I've always told kids, I've told my kids, I've told them roundabout ways be careful. Right? Be careful who you give your heart to. Don't be so quick to just give your heart to somebody because they show you a little bit of attention. Right, Make sure right, that you know the person. Guard your heart. Hold it tight. Hold it close to you. Right, Be stingy with your heart. Amen? There's nothing wrong with being stingy with your heart. I love when I hear, you don't hear this a lot anymore, but I love when I hear young men or young women who have, who have decided to keep themselves pure until they get married. You don't hear much about that anymore. And they're very careful about who they date, right? And, 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 and um, who, they, who they're seen with or who they go out with, right? That is great. And we as parents ought to be teaching our kids more of that, right? Because there's all kind of folks out there. I used to tell my children, I said, there's silver-tongued devils all over the place. As I said to you earlier, they'll tell you whatever you want to hear. But man, if you're going to give your heart to somebody or something, make sure you know what you're giving it to. Make sure you give your heart to somebody that's going to love you as much as you're going to love them. Make sure you give your heart to somebody that loves you as much as you love God, and as much as God loves you. Here's what I used to tell my daughter and my son. I don't say it much anymore because I understand what what my daughter told me one time. Nathan really never said it to me, but she did. I said, Noel, I told them both, but I'll use Noel here. I said, Don't you marry anybody until you find somebody that loves you more than I do. That's what I said. She said, Dad, that ain't possible. I said, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) Don't marry nobody. Although I love Miggy. Yes. Right? Why? Because I want the best for her, right? And I want her to have the best. And I want the best for Nate, right? Don't don't give your heart to anybody that loves you less than you love yourself or more than God loves you, right? When you do that, you'll find a mate that will live with you the rest of your life. Amen? The rest of your life. And that's true in anything. If you're going to give your heart to it, make sure you know it and understand it and that it is good for you and not bad. Here's what I've always told people. You surround yourself with people that love you and that will invest in you. Amen? If somebody's going to invest in you, then you can count on they have you in their best interest. They're investing with asking nothing in return, right? That's the person you want to be okay with having your heart, right? Because that person, remember, whoever controls the heart, whoever owns that heart controls the person or owns the person. So you can see why God said, right, guard your heart. Because once you give it away, (laughs) right, it's hard to get it back, Right, it's hard to get it back, and when you do get it back, it's damaged. Is that right? This is why we say, "I am what heartbroken." Is that right? Heartbroken, and it takes time for a heart that's broken to mend. Right, and then when a heart that's broken mends, what does it have? Scars, and those scars are always there, and the heart has t- has a hard time functioning with scars. I've learned that when I when my dad, you know, at heart he had heart trouble. Had some heart attacks. He's had triple bypass surgery. And there's scars in his heart. And I'll hear the doctor say, Walter, your, your heart's not going to function like it used to because there's damage. There's scar tissue there, right? Which shows them that there has been a heartbreak, amen, in there, in the physical sense. But it's the same in the spiritual sense. And I will tell you this that a damaged heart spiritually is worse than a damaged heart physically. It hurts, it's deeper, that scar is bigger when it's spiritually damaged. Right? And it's hard, right, from that point forward to give that heart back away or to totally let yourself go to that which you love. So guard your heart, right? Guard your heart because the one that owns your heart controls the heart or the one that controls the heart owns the person. Secondly, whomever owns the soul owns the spirit. As I said to you, in uh, Ezekiel 18 and 4, the Bible says, Behold, all souls are mine. I just wanted to take a second to point this back out again. I said it just a minute ago. The soul belongs to God. He said so right here in Ezekiel 18 and 4. We don't own the soul. He does, right? He owns the soul. And that's a wonderful thing for you and I because he knows that we're just going to be haphazard with our heart. He knows we're just going to throw it around out there And just, my mom used to say, just throw it on the wall and see if it sticks. Anybody else ever heard that? Right. In other words, I don't know what to tell you to do. Just throw something out there and let's see what happens. He knows we're that way with our heart. He knows that. He knows he gave that heart that is precious to folks that are just wild, (laughs) right, by nature. We're just wild by nature. And so he had to put this in place to be able to reel us back in. See, here's the deal. If you and I could give our soul away, you think we'd do it? Absolutely. See, so y'all are sitting there going, in church, I probably shouldn't say yes. <laughs> well, God already knows. That's why he told us it's not ours. All souls belong to him. He said so. You ever heard anybody say this? This is why this message came to mind. I heard somebody say this the other day. They actually asked me this question. It worked. They said, Mark, do you believe people sell their soul? I said, no. <laughs> you can't sell your soul because you don't own it. You ever say that? They sold their soul to the devil. No, they didn't. They gave their heart to him, but they didn't sell their soul. Now, I know what we mean by that, right? They just, they just gave in to Satan and doing whatever they want to do, right? They're just running wild out there. Yeah, they're letting their heart run wild, but their soul belongs to God. Thank God, right? So I want you to know today, if somebody asks you, can they sell their soul? Have you sold your soul? You believe, y'all, yo, listen, the Dallas Cowboys, whether you hate them or love them, in 1992, I think it was, or 93, early 90s, when Jimmy Johnson left the Miami Dolphins and went to the Dallas Cowboys, they lost every game but one the first year he was there. They were awful. Stunk it up. The next year, they went to the playoffs. And then I believe it was two years in a row, they won the Super Bowl back-to-back. Y'all, I'm not lying. I heard people say, Jimmy Johnson sold his soul to the devil, and that's why he's winning. <laughs> y'all, did y'all hear that too? I mean, that was on that was in the national media. He sold his soul to the devil, and that's why he's winning. <laughs> I don't know what he sold, but it wasn't his soul, he can't. He sold something, but it wasn't his soul. You can't sell what you don't own. Guard your heart because you control that. And whatever controls your heart. Owns you or controls you, the flesh, but not your soul. That belongs to God. Okay, it belongs to God. But what I want you to see next is this. That third point is this. This is why God said in Psalms 139, Brother Danny, this right here. If you never understand this scripture again, I want you to get it right here. And I'm going to use myself as an illustration. Because I got on this tight jacket today that shows my physique. <laughs> the Bible says, "I praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knows it right well." We're fearfully and wonderfully made. Most of the time we think about this passage of scripture, we think about how intricate, how intricate and wonderfully put together this body is, and that would be correct. Right, because you look at your little fingers and how they move, and your toes, right, and you look at your eyes, and you think about everything that moves, and the fact that I just seen Nana blink, and she didn't know she blinked, right. Your body knows to tell you to blink. It's just, it's amazing how it works, right. Your body just does what it's supposed to do. It's on autopilot, right. God's got that thing wired up, great, but right? you can't, you can't design something this wonderful, right. The, they say the mind. How quick it can process something is so much faster than the best computer the world has to offer. It cannot compete with the mind. How quick it can just think of something and recall something and pull it back out, right? There's not enough nanobytes, megabytes, bananobytes, and anybody else's bite in there that the world can put together to react like your mind, right? And just like, for instance, I'm sitting here talking to you and I can move my hand at the same time, right? I, I can chew bubble gum and walk. Believe it or not, right? Those, there's stuff that happens, right? I'm breathing, blinking, talking, all these things at the same time and half of it I don't even know what I'm doing, right? My wife says it all the time. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and I don't most of the time, right? But you see what I'm saying? We are fearfully and wonderfully made, but oh, that's not what he's talking about, right? What I want you to see here today when he says that you're fearfully and wonderfully made and marvelous, marvelous are thy works, that my soul knows that well. See, here's why he said guard your heart. Because when the one that guards the heart, the one that guards that heart, gives that heart to the right one, when we give our heart to God, which is in our control, you give it to the one who owns your heart. When those two things come together, Psalm 139 And 14 comes to pass. When my heart ties to my God who owns my soul, when God has your heart, right, and you tie that here, now you're fearfully and wonderfully made because now you can can accomplish all that he has for you to accomplish in this life. Right here. It's when you and I get plugged into God and we give our heart to him. See, he wants your heart. He wants your heart. He don't want us to give our heart to men or women. He doesn't want to give your heart to the things of this world. He wants us to give our heart to him. And if we give our heart to him, then the rest of the scriptures are unlocked for us, and you ain't got to worry about it anyway. Yes, preacher, but if I give my heart to God, Fabio's not gonna come along and swift me off my feet. Rapunzel's not gonna let down her hair that I can climb up to her. My prince or princess in 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 in, in whatever they wear today, I don't know prince charming prince and whatever it is but whatever they wear and whoever their name is is not going to come because god's got my heart and if i'm married to god that's wonderful but you know I ain't nobody to love me here right don't worry about that if you give your heart to god you entrust it in him you plug it into him what does the bible say seek ye first the kingdom of god give your heart to god entrust your heart to him Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Plug in and all of the things will be added unto you. The Bible even says in Psalms that he will give us the desires of our heart. Amen. But not only will he give you the desires of your heart, he'll send you the one or whatever it is that you're after that's best for you. Right? You See what I'm saying? We go about it backwards. But if we'll give our heart to him and he ties that heart and that soul together, Man, you talk about living a life of utopia, you'll live it, amen? You'll live it, and you won't have to be desiring it, looking for it. It'll be there. That's the way it works, okay? That's why he says this. Not only will he give you everything you need because we're plugged into him, but now he'll use you to accomplish everything he wants to see done. You see what I'm saying? The great thing about this story with Samson is he gave his heart away to the wrong person. He didn't give it to God. He should have given it to God, and then God would have took care of everything else. He wouldn't have had to have been running around trying to find some woman that would love him. God would have provided it. And he lost his strength. He lost his power. He lost his God. But because God owns his soul, if you read this story a little bit further on, even though he messes up and gives his heart to the wrong thing, the Bible says, albeit his hair began to grow again. Amen? His hair began to grow again. See, here's the beauty of this story. Even when you and I mess up in this life and our desires take us away from God, right, he still owns your soul. And he still, he still, this is another reason why the Bible says, there's a lot of stuff here, I hope y'all are getting this, that answers a lot of questions in the Bible about scripture. This is why he said he lets it rain on the just and the unjust alike. See, the unjust have given their heart to the wrong person. And so, God still—they're out there sowing their wild oats, and His presence is away from them or far from them. And if we just use that for an analogy, it's not with them. They're not accomplishing everything He wants. They're doing the things of this world, but He still lets it rain on them, just like He does us. Why? Because He owns the soul. He still loves them, right? Just the same way here. Even though Samson right, had got himself in this position, he was reaping what he sowed. Still. God was with him, right? Even though he couldn't feel it, didn't see it, his hair began to grow again. And he asked the Lord. He said, "Lord, please grant me my strength again, and and so I can, so I can, so I can reconcile what I've done wrong. Go back and read the story. He said, so I can make this right. He basically was repenting to God, and he said that I can make this right, right? That I can, that I can do something about this. And the Bible says that in. At this one moment when Samson grabs these pillars and brings them in and pulls them down on all the Philistines that were in this arena, that he killed more in that moment than he did his entire time as a, as a servant of the Lord prior to that, right? God used him mightily to wipe out the enemy of the children of God. I'm blessed, you're blessed that we serve a God like that, right? See, when you give your heart away to the wrong person in the physical sense, Folks just walk away from you, right? And you're standing on your own. But God, he loves us, amen? He owns that soul. And all he wants us to do is to pick that heart back up and take it to him. See, God specializes in broken hearts. See, God's one of those guys. See, he knows how to go in there and he knows how to trim that scar tissue away, right? He can do that. We can't, he can. And he'll take that heart and place it where it's supposed to be and then great things will begin to happen in your life. It's important for us to remember to guard our hearts there's everything in this world today is after your heart everything if you don't believe it watch television listen to people all the people around you everybody wants your attention everybody wants your money everybody wants all these things everybody wants you right you ever ask yourself this question why why people aren't faithful to come to church all the time why do we see them some here and then we don't see them here right we'll see them one week we don't see them for a month and then you'll see them here and You just they're just kind of in and out, right? Follow the heart. Follow the heart, right? If you find somebody that's given their heart to the Lord, they're driven by the Lord. Amen? They're driven by him. What did Jesus say? I must be about my father's business. Isn't that what he said? Why? Because God had his heart. Right? You think about people like Abraham in the Bible, right? The Bible said that God called him his friend. Right? He was always doing the will of the Father. Right? He'd say, I want you to go. And the Bible says Abraham went looking for a land that he didn't even know where he was going. God just said, get up, sell everything, and go. Abraham did. Right? God had his heart, and he called him his friend. Right? This is why, again, it don't take long to see if you just follow the heart. Right? Some people are in and out of church. Why preach your name? Because that's got these problems. Where's your heart? Right? You're going to have problems even when your heart's in the hand of God. But here's the thing. The Bible says that he won't leave us nor forsake us. It also says that he makes a way of escape for his children. Is that right? He also said, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Right? And he also said, all good and perfect gifts come down from the Father. He's going to give us wonderful things. Right? So where's our heart? So only you know that today, where your heart's at. And those that are watching today, and some may even hear today, they, but, but well, where your heart's at, he clearly says it. Right, where your treasure is, there your heart's going to be. Right, wherever you're, whatever's pulling, whatever's pulling your heart, is where you're going to go. Right, God must be the most important thing in our lives. I want to say this, and I'm going I'm to try to close here today. Um, if you look in the Bible, in the Song of Songs, or, the, or songs, some of it's called Song of Songs, and but if you just go over there and look. And read that. You've heard me talk about it before, but it's probably one of the greatest love stories you'll hear other than the story of Jesus dying on the cross. But it gives you an illustration of the love that God has for you and I when you read this in, in that. It's just it's beautiful to read, but it's just awesome. It's kind of, it's really kind of gooey and ooey. And us guys don't like to read that, right? And you read it. I, I've talked about it many times. It'll make you blush uh, when you read it, right? Because you'll hear him say things like, uh, you know, that... I knew my love was on the other side of the door. I could see him through the keyhole. And when I grabbed the door, my hands sweat. And they dropped like myrrh. Read it. Days of our lives got nothing on God. I mean, I mean, he man, he can just get in it. Boy, I mean, God just got you captivated, right? And you can just see it. You know, this person's their heart is just falling on the floor right in there. You know, you can see, but that's the way it should be with us and God, right? There should be a love affair happening, right? You ever seen those people that you know God put them together? And I mean, I mean, they didn't have to work on it. Now, I mean, I've seen a lot of folks that got together and they love each other now, but they had to work on some stuff. You know what I'm talking about? It was like carving out Mount Rushmore, right? Over time, it looked pretty good, but the first few years of it looked pretty rough. Stuff just falling off everywhere, right? Had to pick their lives up by the pieces, but you know them people, though, that you just know God put them together, right? I'm going to use Willa May and Bobby Powell because that's probably one of the greatest examples I can come up with. And this is Brother Joey's mom and dad. <sighs> Y'all listen. If you ain't secure in your relationship with your wife or husband, don't go around them. Right. Because you're going to feel bad. If you're like me, I'm like, gosh, don't tell my wife that. You know, or, or or I hope my wife don't see that, right? Because they love each other so much. It's just affectionate, right? Man, one breeze and the exhales. I'm just telling you. <laughs> They were put together by God. There's no question about it, man. They just, I mean, they're how long have they been married, Brother Joey? They'll make you sick. 63 years old, they look like teenagers. Still love each other the same way. Right? I mean, it's just gooey. You need to get around them, you know. It's just, ugh. You know, and and I see them sometimes holding hands. They're in the 80s. And I'm like, don't let my wife see this. She wanna hold my hand. You know. <laughs> And that's good. I'm just, you know, I'm not, I'm not one of them touchy-feely kind of. My wife loves that, but ain't nothing wrong with that. But, but, but uh, you know what I'm saying? They were put together. And, you know, those people, sometimes, you know, when you see that person that was just put together by God, right, there's nothing hard about it. It's just right. But the thing that you want to learn if you talk to Bobby and Will May is they gave their heart to the Lord long ago. And he placed them together with their hearts in place. And so what happened was, is like remember what I told you, their heart was in the right place, so God just aligned those two. He gave them the desires of their heart, and he sent the right people. And that thing's been going for 60-something years, and they still love each other the same. See what I'm saying? So that's, that's a beautiful picture of what I'm talking about, and, and the Song of Songs gives us that illustration about how, how that love should be and that affection. When we give our heart to somebody like that, when you give your heart, that's how precious it is, right? And we should long for the Lord that much so that because we're plugged into him, you see this passage un- unveiled before you and everything else good just comes. Everything you desire and everything you want will come to you, but you got to put him first, right? He wants us to love him. He loves us. He gives us that depiction of the bride and the groom, right? He shows that to us, that he wants to marry with you and I and never be separated, right? He wants to provide. He loves us, so guard your heart. I want you to bow your head with me here today. Only you can see your life today, and only I can know my life truly. I mean, we watch each other, right, and we we like to think we know something about a person, because we like to post it on Facebook and all that stuff. We want to tell people what we think about them and all these things. But truly, we don't know a person. We don't know them like they know themselves. And so here today, only you know your heart. Where is your heart? Do you find your heart longing for for a relationship with somebody? Do you find your heart longing for more money? Do you find your heart longing for the recliner or for food or for drugs or for alcohol or pornography? Do you find your heart longing for your career? Whatever it is. My daddy, as I said to you, said, if you want to find the problem, follow the money. Well, I'm going to ask you to do something here today. If you want to know who you love, follow your heart. Amen. For just a moment here, it won't take you long to do it, Ask yourself, what's my heart's desire? What's driving me? Is it my school? Is it my job? What, what, what's driving me? Where's my heart today? Where's most of my time spent? Where's most of my thought process spent? Where's most of my energy spent? What's getting the majority of my time? And guys, I'll tell you, when you answer that, that's where your heart's at. That's where your heart's at. (laughs) A preacher, I know what you're going to say next. You need to put God first. You need to be involved in your church. You need to be involved coming to church. You need to be doing this and that. Well, that's what I'm going to tell you because that's true. Do that first and all of the things are added unto you, Jesus said. That's true. If you just do it, right? If I'll just do it.